Dead Bodies is not for the squeamish and is intended for mature audiences. I was unprepared. Why? For the reaction from people when I did my review of Bridgerton, which I did not like. I loved Bridgerton. I love it. Thank you, Kirst. And I didn't think I would, and I've been scrolling past it endlessly until I actually finally sat down and watched it. Yes. Amazing. It's exactly what I needed. Same. Oh, I hated it. What? Hated it. Oh, absolutely. Are people abusing you for this? <laughs> yes. Yeah, good, because yeah. you deserve it. Yeah. I was. I do no, not condone trolls. No. Everyone on this podcast knows that. Not even trolls. Yeah. So I want to friends. abuse you, but I'm holding back. Yeah. yeah. Well, Kirsten and I do <laughs> What's this What's wrong with you? On air called Showdown. We both watch the same show. We compare our thoughts on it. And when I went public with my, my hatred of Bridgerton, which I only lasted 25 minutes, the feedback. From yeah. not just haters, yeah. but good friends. Yes, yeah. normal people. Annoyed yeah. with me. Yeah. There's one, Kirsten, I don't know if you've seen on the Facebook page for the show that says uh, <laughs> something like, well, at least have the decency to give a show more than 25 <laughs> minutes. <gasps> and It's true. Po- texts from friends saying, yep. um, I hope you'll give it another go. Yeah. Not going to happen. Oh, come on. Life's too short. Okay, it's can like I make another bad. recommendation for Do you? you? Like go it? on. Yes. What? It's a sin. Oh, so good. Watched it, loved it. Oh, oh. hang on. No, did I? Have it's you seen the whole thing? One. It's the I've one where the they're set thing. in London. It's like the yep. 80s. It's the start of um, their first learning about AIDS and everything. That's, Correct. Oh, it's it's heartbreakingly good. It's Netflix? Uh, Stan. 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 Oh. It is exactly what Kerr said. It is heartbreakingly yes. good. Oh. You couldn't have summed it up better. Uh, I so think they I... don't know <sighs> what AIDS is and they're finding out. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Kerr's mentioned it the other day. Sorry, Incredible. Oh. I was bawling my eyes Same. out on the couch last every night. Every episode. I yeah. I cried I won't every go into episode. It any more than that, but wow. bawling my eyes out. Because you two didn't, wouldn't, would have been very young yeah. when AIDS happened. It just shows ha- you a lived experience mm. of the time. Mm. Incredible. Oh, I've... Kirsten recommended it to me and I told her at the time that yeah. I had a very good friend who yeah. um, who was gay and there was still, I think at that time, people, well, actually people were awful to gay people. Yeah. Like, oh, you're all got a disease. Yeah, yeah. Um, so a lot of um, sort of sex scenes in it, but yeah. they are like valid, not Bridgerton sex scenes, very no. different. That's that. not even the sex. I'm okay with that. Okay. I just hated <laughs> the way they talked. You need to stupid. They're all hyper. You're gonna get They're... trolled. Gonna I know. Yeah. I know. I am. But look, look. You all enjoy it. Don't want me to spoil it. Exhibit A. Have you uh, watched no, that? No. No. Okay. No. That pod pod listeners will oh, love that. The other thing that our pod listeners listeners will love is oh, I need to think of the name. It's the one about. Can I expand on Exhibit A? You talk about that. I'll find. Exhibit A is on Netflix, and it goes through each episode is a different branch of forensic science and oh. how that was important in a particular case. So the Love one, it. I think I'm on to about three or four at the moment. So there's one that does sniffer dogs and then a case where a sniffer dog was key to it. There's blood oh. spatter and how that was key in a particular case. Yeah. Uh, DNA is the one I'm in the middle of at the moment. So yeah, fascinating. Exhibit A. And it's the kind you can just watch an episode and then move on and, you know. Great. Yeah. Move on with your life. Yeah. Um, the Vanishing at the Cecil Hotel. Hated it. I liked it. I was mediocre. I yeah, was in the middle. Thank you. But because wait, it doesn't. Had you seen the footage? Had you seen the elevator footage before that? I knew. Oh, I was going to say quite a bit. It's probably exaggerating. 
but I'll say it quite a bit about the story. I hadn't seen the CCTV mm. and I, I can't, I don't, I don't want to ruin it for people, but. No, it's not ruined. This is my point exactly <laughs> oh, why I hate oh, it. Because it happened up, back in 2013. Yes. Everyone has seen the elevator not footage me. except Kirsten. <laughs> oh, Where okay. Been, well, Kirsten? I will say this about it. I think sometimes. When we stew on a crime, we want there to be conspiracy yes. when there isn't. No, yes. it's not and even when that. things can be explained rationally. Don't mm. make a documentary mm. saying you're looking into it where you not you don't add anything to it. There was nothing added. There was to nothing what we new. already knew. Mm. No, and but that's because it was kind of yeah. a closed case to start yeah. off with. So what what's the point? And it was way too much about the hotel. And yes, okay, once we know the hotel's in a seedy yeah. area, yeah. where do you go from there? It, it took it took the story nowhere, nowhere. And so I was very it, yeah, unsatisfied. Yeah, it wasn't anything new. No, they could have done it all in one episode. And there was way too many close-ups of brown water going down a sink. Like, yeah. we know. I know. You know that it, interview with those – there's an interview with two yes. guests outside the hotel. Um, it is the most shocking interview of all time, though. Yeah. And it's kind of exciting seeing them – when they bobbed up doing the piece to camera, I thought, yeah. oh, okay, I bet I know who you are. Yeah, yeah, But this yeah. is the thing. Like, everyone knows the Elisa Lamb story. They do. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. So, you're allowed to say, you know, she's found in the water. Well, I will recommend it. It's a Sin. I will. Yes. Okay. I'm going to have a look at that. Back that up. Thank you. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Kirsten did tell not me that. Murdering. But now it's, it's not in a notebook. No. But Here it's it still about death and it's yes. um, very um, good. The Cecil Hotel is leads me into what I'm doing Please, today. Please, you go. Right? Yeah, I okay. was having Hogan episodes. So Because who isn't terrified of getting caught in the elevator doors? Oh, I've had a scary elevator moment, but continue your story. No, I want to hear your scary elevator moment. So, and I'll, I'll name and shame, whatever, Channel 10, worst <laughs> lifts of all time. Um, I, are they? Are they? We haven't heard my story yet, but go on. <laughs> I, I got in a lift one day really early because I was on um, police rounds at the time. Get in the lift, lift goes up, doors open, half the floor. The floor is at eye level. <gasps> This is in one of the stories. Right. Got, yeah. And I'm like, okay, if I climb out, what if the lift starts moving yeah. and chops me in half? Yes. What am I going to do here? And then like the lift was kind of, is it juttering? It yeah. was like, just like, like it's vibrating. Probably put a D in that word, but juttering? that's okay. We know is what that you it? mean. Is it yeah, juttering? Whatever. Fuck, yeah. Everyone knows I don't know these obscure words. Um, that's why you're here <laughs> to help me. What was that other word that I didn't know? Oh, There's been a few. Um and I, my pa- I went had to go, had to go to ESL as a kid. Parents from different places in the world. I was confused. Um, and I thought I don't know. I I was like had all these things. I was like I really need to get to the newsroom. But if I climb out, I'm gonna no. get my head's gonna get chopped off. Yep. So I didn't. I just stood there and waited. And then security came to the level that was half open, and they like bobbed down. They were like, "Hello, we're working on getting you out." And I was like. Great, thank you. But it was scary. Nightmare, because you're trapped in a box. Okay, so today I'm doing elevator and, just to make it more fun, escalator deaths. Because who as a kid didn't get scared that when you got to the top and the stairs are going do, 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 that you weren't going to get sucked in somehow. Yeah, quick one. used to work outside a store that had an escalator right out the front and all day we would watch people fall down that escalator. (laughs) It happens more than you think. Yeah. Seriously. Yeah. It's wild. The amount of times you hear... 
You're like, oh, someone's <laughs> fallen down the escalator again. Or some idiot has taken their child in the pram. Yes. Like, take At least take the kid out of the pram. Correct. Please. Oh, God. Don't Please. do it. Or Don't how bad ridiculous. is it when the um like the elevator, like the, the escalator like stops and then yep. you have to walk down and you feel like you're still moving? You're, you're, you're of... like man on the moon. Oh, your, oh, your legs are just, yeah, just it's jelly. I think, the, I think the steps aren't even The sensation depth, is. And it's the stripes on them. It's so weird. Something. It's so All right, weird. here we go. Uh well, this is just a bunch of different cases where things have gone horribly wrong, which oh, the conclusion to the whole story will be I'm never getting in an elevator. And if anyone's foot again. gets cut off, I'm just going to cry. Just... There is a reason the good Lord invented stairs, <sighs> and I'm going to use them. They're okay. better, better for the thighs. Get All a right. September 2020, a woman named Carrie O'Connor, she was moving something heavy into an elevator at her apartment building in the Alston building in Boston, and a neighbour said she heard the box moving outside her door, and then she heard screaming. So it's thought that the big box that Carrie was moving wouldn't fit into the elevator, but it bumped the button, oh. making the elevator start to move oh. before she was in it. So she fell backwards into the hoistway. So that must be the the shaft or oh. the – I'm not sure what the hoistway is. I'll Google it. Between the first floor and the basement floor, her body was found pinned between the elevator and the wall of the shaft and she died of traumatic asphyxiation. Ooh, the and, hoist way? Yeah. Um, oh, it's a thing. And remember that term tra- – it, It's the void. Yeah, the void. Okay. Um, remember that term traumatic asphyxiation because it seems to be the common way of when these incidents happen that the death happens. So it's it's an intense compression of the thoracic cavity, which I think is your chest, Ugh. causing venous backflow – that's blood – from the right side of the heart into the veins of the neck and the brain. Basically, you squished. You can't breathe properly. Oh. So they did an investigation. The elevator was old. It was 60 years old. It was one of those old birdcage ones that you see on American Yes, movies. I yeah. love those ones with the little cage yeah. door thing that and slides across. And it hadn't malfunctioned. It mm. was just this problem with the, the box had pushed the button. So just a terrible accident. China 2016, it was coming up to Chinese New Year and a group of elevator maintenance men were fishing up their work in Xi'an which is apparently where the terracotta warriors are. Okay. Mm. They returned the elevator to the first floor and they took it out of service and they called out, anyone in there? Because they were going off on their New Year's holiday. Oh. Um, no one replied. They packed up and left for holidays. So they took a month off. Oh, no. They, yes, when they came back, there was the body of a woman. She'd been trapped in there the whole time. She'd starved to death. And this is the most awful part. Uh, she was in her late 30s or early 40s. They, um, Her hands were all mangled because she'd obviously been trying to <sighs> pull the doors open to get out. Yeah. Okay. Why didn't she say anything? Was she mute? Why didn't she yell out when they yelled it down? Maybe she was deaf. This is extraordinary. They should have visually checked, yes. not just gone, hello, Surely. A year earlier than that one, a 30-year-old woman was shopping with her small son in the central Chinese city of Jingzhou, and they rode the escalator up to the top. Um, there's actually footage of this. There's a lot of these things. Uh, there's footage. footage. Like Once you start watching, you can't stop. Oh. This one is awful. So they both get to the top of the escalator, she lifts him up, as you see parents do. They often pick the kid up because yeah. they know the kid's going to fall over at the very top. And then as she steps onto the metal plate at no. the top, it comes loose. 
it collapses. So she just manages to push him out of the way. And there's a couple of other people there. They grab him and get him out. But she is sucked down in and is eaten alive by the escalator. And it's awful. It's like sinking, sinking arms. It's terrible, terrifying. Oh, I, I can never use an escalator again. No, you, you see her struggling and just a top of her body. So people tried to grab her and drag her out. Oh, God. But like it's only seconds and then she disappears down into the mechanics of it. So they took four hours to get her body out. Obviously, she didn't survive. There is actually a documentary called Eaten by an Escalator. What? And it tracks down survivors of some of the worst escalator accidents. But this is about dead bodies, so I had to skip all the ones where they survived, or most of them anyway. But some of the things that went wrong, I was stunned. Um, Elevators, the very first elevator was installed in 1857. Okay. At a building in New York City. That was an Otis elevator. There are 90 billion escalator journeys every year, and I think that's worldwide. And they say that escalators have the power of a small car. Oh, they could lift a small car. So, you know, when you're on the step. Because sometimes I think when I'm on a really crowded escalator, like a train station, that, oh, all the weight of all these people, it won't work. But they're incredibly powerful. Yeah. I like the ones that when you step on them, they speed up. Oh. You know those ones? Oh, the travelators? No, escalators. But, like, they go slow when no one's on them. And then the second you put a foot on, they go... It knows you're there. Yeah, it knows you're there. Hmm. Or is there men underneath going, Chanel's on? (laughs) Is there something in my nose? I feel like... No, there's not. Okay. Um, Okay, so they say that the risk of having an uh, escalator accident is around 1 in 13 million. Uh, Let me see. Mm, Until it happens to you, you Mm. know. Exactly. 31 people killed each year on elevators and escalators in America alone. 31 just in the US. And this is just a side note. Uh, One of the causes of escalator accidents is entrapment with soft shoes, such as they actually specifically name them Crocs. Crocs? Yep. Well, if you wear Crocs. Hey. It's another reason not to. As if you needed it. Another reason not to wear Crocs. Where are you wearing exactly, Kirst? And where are you wearing Crocs? Down to the chicken pen. We call them poo shoes. Oh, and yeah, that's I've got fair. to talk about the chickens in, an, that's in fair. a future I'll episode. I'll allow that. But you're not getting out and about out of this property. No, no, I wouldn't wear them in public. Correct. Yeah, so careful what shoes you're wearing. And I think like long pants and skirts would be an issue. You need to be careful. Yes. Mm. Well, Shoelaces okay. were the big thing. You know, like, oh, you're so right. Oh, you guys that are was, I, that, I thought that was the only issue, the only thing I had to worry about on an escalator. And yes. now... Tie your shoelaces up before you get on the escalator. I think I remember this. Oh, what are you got a Here's smile what? on your face? <laughs> Jesus. Well, I've got a whole. It's it's like a buffet of of um, elevator escalator, escalator deaths yeah, here. So okay. a bit of everything. Uh, this one happened at Washington DC subway station, 2010. There'd been some big rally in the city, and L'Enfant Station, Le Infant Station, was particularly crowded because a lot of people in town. The escalators were absolutely jam packed, and as people were going. Um, up. Yes. There was a big metallic click, oh. and the escalator suddenly started zooming forced forward <gasps> like a roller coaster. Throwing it's like everyone you just off. Said. Yeah, yeah, going for. So it was going faster and faster. Well, actually, must have, this must have been the downward one because people were starting to stack up at the oh. bottom because it was going so fast. One man lost his balance and he collapsed onto his back, and as he fell, the drawstring of his hoodie. Oh no. Got trapped in the moving steps and he was strangled to death. Oh, God. Uh, ski resorts. 
Chairlifts also have this sort of conveyor belt system. February 2020, a 46-year-old man was on the Skyline Express chairlift on the Blue Sky Basin on Vail Mountain in Colorado. He fell through an opening in the seat. Okay. I used to think that would happen when I was a kid at Winter Park or something. He was caught with his coat wrapped around his head and neck and he was strangled to death. Uh, There's a Boston legal firm, Breakstone White & Gluck. Okay. They specialise in elevator accidents and escalator injuries. And they, on their website, have the case of a four-year-old boy, Mark DeBona. He died after falling from a second-floor escalator at the Auburn Mall, Mall, in March 2011. Well, there, there is a... Terry Bell's here. Can you need it? Yes. I won't say her name because she listens to the podcast, but I'm sure she won't mind me telling the story. So here we go. Yes. There is a, a work colleague of mine yeah. who is terrified of being in lifts. And I know for a fact that I think security... Yes. Give her a pass to a hallway that lets her walk upstairs so she doesn't have to take the lift. Yeah, that's future me you're talking about. Yes. I'm doing that. I'm not She's going... that terrified. I don't know if, if it's, a, you know, we've added trauma because she listens, so she will definitely never use the lift now because she's afraid she'll well, die. But can you please I don't know if it's small spaces yep. or if it's – I'll ask her. Hmm. Hmm. Uh, four-year-old Mark DeBona. Okay, so he's with his parents, Auburn Mall, March 2011, and the escalator guardrail yeah. pulled him through a gap between a plexiglass divider. I don't know what's happening with my voice right now. And the escalator, he fell 18 feet onto a display case. He hit his head and he died the next day. So his parents filed a negligence lawsuit against the mall owner, the escalator escalator manufacturer did i just say escalator escalator uh and the did you see the little kid that was saying christmas decorations no it was on tiktok (laughs) bonnie does it all the time christmas decorations no uh escalators um yes do you touch the handrail when you go up escalators not anymore yeah Only if I've got stuff in my bag to do my yeah. hands straight after. Yeah. yeah. It's the dirtiest thing in the world, uh-huh. yeah. isn't it? Gross, yes. Do you leave a step between you and the person in front of you? If possible. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I make it possible. I'm, I'm always doing that, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Next step. Um, do you stand to one side? Uh, okay. So that's just myself. There's so many rules around escalators. Well, something Escalator etiquette. Uh, yeah. Well, is it? It's a real thing. Because mm. there's a big station opposite our radio station, Southern Cross yes. Station, and everyone piles off the train. I don't know if it's a rule or if everyone just does it, but people who are not going to – because I like to step as uh, the steps as they're moving. Oh, you're a walker up the escalator. You don't, yeah, like, you're not dormant. Yes, yeah. you're going at double speed. Cut yes. it in half. Cut that time in half. Yeah. Other people just stand there. Yep. So there's this unwritten thing where the standers go to the left yes. and the walkers go to the right. Yeah. I reckon it's an unwritten rule. Everyone I think just that's does it. Universal. Yeah. Yeah. Is it? I didn't know if it was like somewhere said someone did it, it but depends. now everyone just does it. I'm both. I could be both. Mm. But if I'm walking, get out of my way. Yeah, don't. Mm. So, yep. And I'm yep. judging your heels of your shoes. If they're not good, I'm looking at them and thinking yeah. things about you. Yeah. Uh, I think the family, in the case of that little boy, received a settlement. It was confidential, but there was another report around at the time. I think they got around about 10 or $11 million. Um, uh, gosh, there's just so many cases of people's clothing get caught. Uh, I'll just give you some of the ones that sort of caught my eye as unusual or different. And this one is only because I went there and I loved it. Fenway Park, which is the home of the Boston Red Sox. Mm-hmm. 
A 22-year-old woman suffered a traumatic brain injury, facial spinal fracture. She fell more than 20 feet down an elevator shaft in May 2014. September 2011, 9-11, when the planes flew into the World Trade Center, the elevator system, so those buildings had 198 elevators in total. The system was really badly damaged. The shafts, burning jet fuel, channeled up the elevator shafts in both towers. The cables to some of the elevators were actually cut by the impact, so they fell. (gasps) Others were engulfed in flames or they were stuck until the buildings collapsed. It's believed that as many as 400 of the people who who died that day were in express elevators that went from the ground floor to the 78th floor or uh, the sky lobby or in elevators near the top floors. So they would have had no clue what was going, going on. on. Mm. Yes. When you're waiting for the lift, do you stand to the side? So just in case there's people in there, yes. when it opens, they can get out? Yes. Sometimes I forget Thank to you, do Kirsten. it. Kirsten's got good manners. Always give away. Always yes. give away. Thank you. Sometimes Fuckers I forget that try to get to in it. when you're trying to get out are mm. not okay. Mm. I... Yeah, you're supposed to stand aside. Yeah. All right, now this is one of the worst, and I've got a photograph which I will show you upon request. Okay, Mm. I'm in. You want to see it? Wait, tell me the story first. Tell me the story first. Okay. Okay, this one happened in 2015. 66-year-old man, Jose Opazo, he was an electrician and he was working on a cruise ship called the Carnival Ecstasy, and he was doing some routine maintenance on top of an elevator that was stopped Mm -hmm. on the sixth floor. I don't think anyone knows why, but the elevator suddenly started moving upwards to the ninth floor. So he was killed when his body was compressed between the walls of the elevator shaft. The problem here was that there were guests standing waiting for... So he he was above the sixth. There were guests waiting for the elevator at the sixth. So it was a bank of elevators. They were waiting for at the seventh floor and the eighth floor. Oh, no. This elevator that he was on top of had gone up to the ninth floor. So the guests at the seventh and eighth floor started seeing blood oh, no. pouring down the front of the elevator doors. Do you want to see a picture? Yeah. We will put this on our social media. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. So, uh, let me see. One of the passengers who was waiting, Jonathan Neeson from Naples, said he heard what sounded like rushing water and then blood started <sighs> pouring down the door of the elevator. It literally was pouring down. Um, it was dripping down, down to the seventh floor. That death was ruled as an accident okay. by the medical examiner there. Um, in Orkney in South Africa, 1995, a train crashed through a safety barrier. It's always a weird thing to me. I've got this very uncomfortable feeling about end of train lines. We've done a lot of train deaths. Yeah. But how does episodes. the train know when it's the end of the... Like, there's got to be a point know. where there's no more rail. I it stops. Know. Yeah. And what can they build at that point that is going to stop the train and if it's like a mountain in front of it, it's going to hit it and yeah, like it can't end well. I know. They I, didn't I see what you this. mean. And no. every train in the world should be joined up so that there's no end to it. It's one big loop. There can't be an end. Well, there's oceans. Yeah. True. Yeah. Well, this train <laughs> crashed through the end, the barrier at yeah. the end, and fell into a mine shaft. What are the chances? What? It hit an elevator. 
in this elevator. I don't know how big this fucking thing was. Sorry, I'm angry. It's okay. 104 workers wow. were in it. It plunged to the bottom of the shaft and they all died. And this one is a similar one. There's a ton of elevators on building sites. I've... We'd be here all day if I told you them all. We have a whole lot of new train stations, underground train stations that are being put in around Melbourne Mm. um, and they're state government projects. And I have been down Mm. in those lifts um, to go and, you know, see the new stations. And it's, it's scary. Because I don't it's like just being a cage. It's just yeah. a cage, and then you can literally see rock on the other side of it as you're going down. And I, I have thought to myself, because at the entrance they have that thing where people hang up their helmets, yeah. so they know who's down and who's up. But when you're so in, in an elevator, like I for yeah. a long time used to wonder. Sorry if this is really dumb, but I used to wonder: is there a pole underneath it that's like pushing the elevator up and down? No. Or is it hanging from a cable? It's hanging from a cable. Yes, it is. I mean, that's stupid. Can't they get a pusher from underneath? This wouldn't happen. So that it wouldn't fall. Yes. But then you'd have to put, Dita, this makes no sense. If there was like a hundred, you know, I don't know how, what's the tallest building? How many floors are in the tallest building? Don't know. You'd have to dig down that same amount to have a pole that could go up that same amount. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yes. I'm really thingy in this COVID normal world about the number of people that can be in lifts. And I say no. Are some... you a dot stander? Do you actually stand on the dots that they put everywhere? I don't particularly stand on the dots, but if the lift says this lift can fit four people, number five is not getting in. Uh, what did, will you actually say to them? Sorry. Yeah, I'll go, sorry, this one's full. We, we saw our neighbour do this the other day. He was out in his garden. It was a little bit unusual, but he was wearing a mask outside in his garden doing some stuff. One of the neighbours came over to ask him for something. I don't know what. Kieran watched oh, I know this whole exchange take yep. place. And the neighbour with the mask on uh, told the other neighbour, wait outside the garage, please. Yeah. Like, it's in neighbour. I've had someone – so Melbourne – just recently, by the time this episode goes to where it would be a couple of weeks away, it went through a five-day lockdown because they detected a little cluster. Um, and people were really thinking about putting the masks back on straight away. And even like I went to walk over, I was outside to talk to someone and they said, oh, do you have a mask? And I went, yeah, popped it on. Yeah, people didn't want to wear them this time. Yeah, I remember one yesterday lax. in a shop and the girl at the counter, Cake, didn't have one on. That's not her name. That's what she was selling, selling me. But... Yeah. Um, this one I liked because – didn't know I don't like it, but I'm mentioning it because of <laughs> – see, when you think, how far are you going to fall? Yeah. And do you ever think to yourself, how would you brace yourself? And would you try and – You have you to hit jump, the roof? Yeah. Isn't that the rule? You jump. That's what they say. Yeah, you but jump. But you hit the roof? You'll but have you got to head. Yeah, it's exactly right. It's perfect timing. Mm. I don't know – where do you practice for that kind of don't emergency? Know. I don't know. Do you Spider-Man against the, the walls are too far apart? No, it's something to do with gravity, I'm sure, but you're meant to jump. And why sometimes in apartment buildings or sometimes in buildings, there's not like proper walls. There's like these sort of sheets. Oh, of... I call them the Dexter sheets. What is Remember that? Dexter? Yeah. He used to murder everyone and yeah. before he'd murder people, he'd put up the plastic everywhere. What? The... That's what it reminds what me of. Every that? time I get into a lift, I think, oh, murder lift. Is it like they just didn't bother finishing the walls? Or no, it's like they put that up when there's maintenance, but then sometimes it can stay there for days. It's like that green colour. Yeah, like yeah. heavy stuff. Okay, so this one was in South Africa in Welcome. 
1931, there was a methane gas explosion at the St. Helena gold mine. It cut the cable of a double-deck elevator. Like, honestly, if you're making an idea for an invention, don't make elevators. Double-deck. Double-deck. And we know nothing. Look at the number of times things can go wrong. This one fell. Get this. Oh, you don't want to be the bottom. One point. Kirsten. Oh, God. People were in there. Thank you. I'm sorry, I'm just, I'm just. <laughs> yes, people are in there. Fifty-two people, fifty-two oh, are in there in it, one lift. Yes, on the bottom that double decker. In, that would not happen in COVID normal times. Double decker, uh, one point four kilometres. Wow. Yep. Um, there's they'd be in, falling for minutes. Yeah, like your stomach would be turning. Yeah. Yep. Oh, I hate that feeling. One point four kilometres. Imagine. And they would not, and it would be like uh, by the time they hit the bottom, it'd be going so fast, it'd be like a bomb. Yeah, no one's living. No. Uh, here's an Australian one. April 1958. So this is um, when they were constructing the Snowy Scheme, which was this massive project. It was a hydroelectricity. So they built nine power stations, and they built about sixteen dams, and there were aqueducts and tunnels and all sorts. It's at uh, Cabramurra in the snowy mountains, four men got into a lift at the Kenny's Knoll to go down to the underground power station, but the cable broke and the lift fell about 400 feet. And four workers were killed. They all were really young too, like between 21 and 27. Uh, Last year, just stop me if I do too many. How have you found all of these? Mm. There's more. This is the short version. Okay. Last year, 2020, New Year's Eve in Arnhem in Holland, there were four people in an elevator in an apartment building and the power suddenly went out because there was a fire in the building. So the lift filled with smoke. The people fell unconscious. The 39-year-old man, the four-year-old son, died of smoke inhalation. And the 36-year-old mother and her eight-year-old daughter, they were seriously injured. The real tragedy in this story was that the fire was caused by a couple of kids who were playing with fireworks, oh. a 12 and a 13-year-old. So they were arrested on suspicion of arson um, and they were ordered into a youth rehabilitation program. Um, elevator, here's the other thing. You're trapped in there. That's a tiny little room yes. when those things – what if you're in there with someone else that you don't like the look of? What do you do then? Oh, oh. I was just thinking that. I was like my biggest fear, I think, is making awkward small talk and not yeah. knowing how long – we have to gonna, chat for. Yes. Where do you face when you're in? If you're in there with just one other person, where do you oh, face? Oh, I go to. I, I go to my, my phone. phone. Yeah, yeah. I look at my phone. Like mindlessly, I'm just unlocking it, locking yeah. it, unlocking it, locking it. Or I have absolutely been known to walking towards a lift, and then I see someone, not just at my current workplace, at any workplace or any place, you see someone coming that you don't like, and you step up your walk. You oh, get in and right. then frantically press the close button. <laughs> yeah, close, yes, close, close, I've close. done it. Oh, I always press the close button. Yeah. And now I don't touch in COVID. I keep talking about COVID. I don't touch lift buttons with my fingers anymore. I press with the corner of my phone. But that's got to touch Ooh. your face. Yeah, but I do wipe my phone down. Wouldn't you go knuckle? I go knuckle. I go the knuckle pinky. Because I'm like, I don't use that for anything. Pinky. Yeah, let's go bang. Yeah, your... but the and the left hand. Like, it's not my good hand. You... Pinky. Your pinky's hanging around with all the other fingers, which yeah. are going to go into your yeah. mouth and eyes and things later. Yeah, but pinky's no good. Find another alternative. Elbow. Um, So December 17, 2011, 73-year-old Dolores Gillespie was out doing a shopping. She got home to her apartment in Prospect Heights in New York City and she took the elevator to the fifth 
floor, and as she stepped out, there was a man, Jerome Isaac, waiting for her. So he was angry with her, but apparently she owed him some money. He attacked her. He sprayed. So she's trying to get out of the lift. Yeah. He sprays her with gasoline. Oh. Pushed her back into the elevator. Okay. Threw in a Molotov cocktail. <gasps> oh, Where did he get that from? Had it. Handy. Okay. He was, sure. He was, yeah, she burned alive. There is a lift that I was parking in um, in the city uh, kind of halfway through last year and um, into this year, but I stopped using – sorry, it's a lift in a car park. I stopped using that car park because there were – It's this is going to sound really bad, mm. but it's near a homeless kind of shelter. It's a stick of weed. Well, it's not just that. There's a lot of drug users, mm. and they kind of just walk around the car park and – I was always worried I was going to get stuck in a lift with one of them. Well, they could watch you and like zoom in just at that yes. minute before the doors close. So I stopped using that lift, that car park, so I didn't have to use the lift. Yeah, good decision. Isaac Jordan was a US congressman and in 1890 he was leaving his – hang on, no, I think it, I might have got the date wrong there. Just ignore the year. Sure. Because I feel like that might have been 1980. Anyway, he was leaving his law offices. This one happened in Cincinnati, Ohio. And – he stopped just before he was going to get into the lift to talk to a friend. Yeah. And as he was talking, he had his back to the elevator. Um, he didn't notice that the elevator had moved up to the ninth floor, to the floor above. Yeah. But the door was still partly open. So he was still oh, like, no. chat, 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 chat. I'm going to step in the lift. And without turning around and looking where he was going, <gasps> he stepped in to get into it and the elevator shaft gone dead. Um. I'm going to skip on because I've been going on for such a long time. Let me see. Kirst, sorry, edit this because I'm going to take a second. I'll no, just... leave it. It's like uh... this is the awkward moment when you're in the lift. Oh, okay. No. <laughs> Here's the one that um, when you were caught halfway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So 1995 in the Bronx in New York City, 55-year-old James, I don't know how to say his name, Chenault, C-H-E-N-A-U-L-T, Chenault? Yeah. Um, he was going to work at the uh, Kingsbridge Welfare Centre and he got into the lift with several other people. Nobody really knows why, but the elevator went up too quickly to the second floor and when it stopped and the doors opened, just like, what the, happened to you? The floor was halfway up the door. Right. Just oh. Except in this case, it wasn't halfway. It was just above okay. floor level. So not quite. So James, and bless his cotton socks, sweet man, he was helping other people. So he put one foot no. out the lift on the the ground, on nope. the floor. Nope. Uh, his back against the elevator doors to hold them open Together. and then was helping people to step out. And as he was doing that, mm. the elevator shot upwards Blech. and chopped his head off. Because it restarts at some point and goes, oh, I'm not where I need to be. Yeah, hang back on. up I go. So his body fell out onto the Ooh. second floor where his foot was and his head fell into the elevator uh, and there were two people still in the elevator yes. and one of them said, I still can't get it out of my mind. His head was there, but the body wasn't. He still had the earphones on his head. Oh. Um, if you, yeah, you just stay and you press that emergency button. Yeah. I think so, mm. yeah. But they didn't always have um, phones in them. I had one about a couple. I won't tell the whole story because I'm taking up way too much time. But the, a couple had a elevator in their private home, but okay. they didn't have a telephone in it. Okay. And it got stuck and they were stuck in it and it was hot weather and they died because they couldn't 
let tell anyone. One. It was in a private home. Um, Jesus. Elevator surfing is a stupid thing that idiots do. No. And it's, and it's not – elevators are not like in Bruce Willis movies. They're not – it's not lit, so they're dark, yeah. they're dirty, oh. there's cables, there's equipment and stuff, so there's dickheads that do this stuff. So this guy, um, sorry, to, um, is that victim blaming? Because anyway, I'm not specifically him a dickhead, but anyway, Louis Turnero Moffat, he and his friends were on their way to do some base jumping, which is where they jump off buildings with yes. parachutes on. So he had a parachute on, and for some reason on the way there, the, he and his mates broke into a building. He climbed on top of one of the elevators to elevate a surf. Sure. And the parachute that was on his back somehow deployed while the elevator oh, was moving. God. He became tangled and... Um, That's the risk you take. Yep. Mm. Strangulation, massive trauma to the head and abdomen. Um, and... Oh, hang on. How long... How many more are there? Yeah. There's a lot more. I'm just going to try and pick the best one for you. Okay. Well, I, this... All right. I'll finish on this one because I just thought that this is... If you ever think having, you're having bad luck, then... Have a listen to what happened here. On July the 28th, 1945, there was an accident where a B-25 Mitchell bomber, it was very foggy that day, and it crashed into the north side of the Empire State Building between okay. the 78th and the 80th floors, punched a huge hole in the building. There was a fire. They were really quick to get that under control within 40 minutes. Yeah. 14 people were killed, three of them in the aeroplane and 11 of them in the building. There was a woman named Betty Lou Oliver, and she was working in the building that day as an elevator attendant. So when the plane hit, she was on the 75th floor. She was thrown to the ground by the force of the impact. She suffered some burns from the burning air airplane fuel but she survived so okay. rescue was needed to get her to hospital so they decided to use the elevator to take her down but the elevator had been damaged by the plane crash so as soon as they got Betty Lou in the elevator cables snapped and the elevator plunged 75 floors oh to the basement God. but incredibly <laughs> here's her second chance she wasn't killed because she the cables jump? had... She jumped. No. Oh. The oh, elevator man. cables... Imagine, sorry. Imagine timing the jump on a 75-floor like That's drop. what I mean. I know. When do you jump? Well, oh. the cables... Just there were going. thousands and thousands of feet of cable because it has to go up and down again to the counterweight. All the cable had fallen somehow before the elevator, so it kind of cushioned it. It oh. like a coily... It softened the impact a little bit, so she didn't die... There, they managed to rescue her from the bottom of the elevator Jesus. shaft. Um, she was seriously injured, though. She did live, and to this day, she holds the record for the longest survived descent in an elevator accident. Oh, good for her. I'm sure she's thrilled about that. <laughs> yeah. There is more, and gruesome, horrible, but I've probably made you sick enough, haven't we? Yeah. There's been a few. <clears throat> it is a lot. Nice. Okay. What have you got? We've got some feedback. And this one says, hi, gang, nice things, nice things. Anonymous, please. I love the anonymous ones. I've been tossing up whether to email you or not for a very long time. I also love emails that start like that. At the end of episode 112, you were both signing off and saying to email in if you found a dead body. Mm. And Chanel said, maybe you found your uncle. I don't know. Why did I say that? I don't know. It's weird, isn't it? It's very random. She's 
I'm saying she. I don't know if this person is a she, but anyway. Well, that happened to me and my mum. We found my dead uncle. It's pretty full on. Luckily, my family and I are really close and talk about things openly. We are all okay now. See, I'm here for the it's pretty full on part. I'm here for the pretty full on, but then also just letting us know they're okay. Yeah. My uncle was loved and respected but different. He had no children, so us kids, we're all adults now, were the closest thing he had. He lived about 10 minutes from my mum and would often stop in for our weekly family dinner nights. Mm, He sounds nice. But it wasn't uncommon for him to do his own thing. He would often go away without saying anything or would randomly call mum from another state. He was a drifter at heart and really just ran his own race. That's why mum didn't think of anything That's why mum didn't think anything of it. When she hadn't heard from him for a week, another week went by and he wasn't returning her calls, in brackets. They write, not unusual for him. Mm -hmm. She went to his house. He lived on the second floor of an apartment building and the screen door was locked and the main door was closed. Mum didn't have keys to the screen door. She could hear the TV was on. She knocked and left a note under the door, in brackets, red flag. She did this again the next day. On the third day, I had agreed that after my shift, I'd go straight to mum's instead of heading home, and we tried to find him. When I got to mum's, I called the police, and they suggested just breaking in, as they wouldn't be able to come for some time. When you're, and I know Anonymous can't speak now, Yes. when you're outside a house where something strange I'm is guessing going we're on, leading to something's happened yeah. here. I wonder if you can sense it. It's like when you can sense when someone's in a room. Yeah, you know. Yeah. You know. You have a different feeling. They they come home and it's like, it's obvious there's someone in the house. You can feel it. Definitely. You can feel an energy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they go on to say, when we got there, mum punched in the code to access the main foyer stairwell. As soon as that door opened, we got smacked in the face with an awful smell. Red flag. I can't believe there were other people living there and they didn't report it. I'd never smelt death before that, but I knew what it was straight away. As we walked further in and up the stairs, the smell got stronger. We came to his door. I broke through the screen and mum put the key in the lock. Bless her. She even knocked and kindly yelled out to let him know we were coming in. Oh, she's such a sweet mama. Right? And it's her brother. Yeah. The smell was... The smell was there as soon as I opened the door. Mm-hmm. Uh, absolutely putrid. Just fucking yuck. Gosh. As we walked in, we scanned the apartment, turned the TV off, and mum was kindly calling his name. As we looked up the hallway <laughs> toward the bedroom, <laughs> yeah, we saw him. <gasps> he was on the ground, face down, knees tucked under his belly, and arms sort of bent up toward the ceiling. There was a pool of fluid around him. Mum started walking towards him to try and help him, but I just grabbed her and we Mm. walked out of the apartment. Mm. And isn't that, we've spoken about this before, just the human reaction in the moment. That's her brother. She's going to comfort. I'm guessing daughter or son knows there's nothing that can be done. Is the one that's thinking just a little bit more rationally. Yeah. And it's like, don't. I think Mm. I would be like that. Like, is there a chance that they're still... Yeah. Yeah. I called the police and they were there so quickly. They were amazing and kind and surprisingly funny. Before we knew it, it was like a TV show. <laughs> no, it's not a, you know, this is where we, act. No, this, this is like 
Exactly who our listeners are. You know, that kind of... Like dark humour. Dark humour. Yeah. Yeah, but not during this, surely. It was like a TV show. Crime Scene Investigation was there in their white suits. We were outside by this point, but we could see the flash of their cameras coming over his balcony. Mum wanted to stay until my uncle was taken away, so we were there for hours. It sounds weird, but we had a private giggle at one of the ladies who was pushing the body bag. She was grey, and you could tell she wanted to vomit, but was trying to be professional. I love that they laughed at that. I love they call it a private giggle. A private giggle. They're like, she's got the shit job. (laughs) After his apartment was released, we were able to hire a specialist cleaning company. They had to cut up the carpet, but unfortunately a lot of fluid had sunk into the cement floor. My brother's mum and I cleaned out the apartment, including the two super sweet notes my mum had left him under the door, throwing everything over the balcony into a skip below. We threw out in brackets, literally every single thing. Nothing could be saved for the smell had attached to everything, even the paper in his printer. The smell in that apartment was still awful even after the cleaners had been through. We were told that it would be hard to determine time and cause of death. My uncle's body was fairly decayed and unfortunately we had a heat wave a few days before we found him. They told us that due to the state of his remains, as soon as they tried to move him... It didn't end well. Ugh. He was, it was determined that he died of natural causes. The smell rocked mum and I for months. Mm. Cooking meat was difficult oh, and oh, raw fish God. would make me want to vomit. Oh, no. We're okay though now. It's been a few years. What happened was super crappy, but my uncle was a good person and we remember him lovingly. I know it's a long story. Sorry. I have another one too, Don't actually. apologize. What? I was what? first on scene to a motorbike accident. What? I love that this is such so as summed up in a very small sentence. I have another one too, actually. I was first on scene in a motorbike accident. His foot was missing. I couldn't find it. That's for another day, though. Yes, please. Oh. Can you send that one through, Anonymous? Yes. Thank you. <gasps> oh. I kind of feel like, you know, they've had an awful experience, but they mm. found some light in there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And there would be, I would imagine, a, a strange sort of comfort in, like, if her mum couldn't, help him be yes. alive again yes but could do everything to care for and yeah. sort out his yeah. whole what was left of his life mm. after he'd passed there must be something slightly comforting in that it is a really unusual thing and i have done this before when you have to go through um someone's belongings who's died mm. and kind of give things away or decide what you're packing and keeping Mm. and blah, blah, blah. It is a very surreal experience because you think about all the things you've collected in your life, everything you own, your Mm. clothes, your glasses, your whatever, and then one day that's all just going to have to be packed up. Yes. And you just don't exist anymore. Yeah. Yes. But sometimes, well, interestingly, when my father-in-law died, my husband, um, there was a because he just adored his father, adored him, adores him still. Um, his hurling stick, my, so my father-in-law was a really good, played in Ireland a game called hurling. And I know that when Kieran and his dad travelled through Ireland, his dad said to him that he could have that hurling stick one day. So it, it was at the funeral, there was a few of yeah. his items were on display and Kieran took the hurling stick home, but his mother, st- like straight away, like, I want it, bring it back 
bring it back. She oh, wanted it back, mm. and which I was at the time like, oh goodness me, you know, it was just the one thing that he wanted of his of his dad's. Yeah. Um, but I also understood her attachment. Yeah. Yes, yeah. because it was his. His yeah, hands yeah. had held it, like it yeah. literally would have his cells yeah. on it. You know, yeah. so I kind of got it, but. Can I just do one more? Yeah, go ahead. There's just another one from. Don't my... ask my permission. Sorry, just <laughs> plow on through. Another... I'm gonna. Well, I think it's important to stuff. clear this up because they've written in to to clear something up. Same so anonymous. We should. No, a different anonymous. Oh, okay. Mm. Um, hi, just a quick one about your most recent episode. This is going back to episode 112 about BDSM. This is not the first time this has been discussed on the podcast. I just want to point out that the golden rule of BDSM is be safe, sane, and consensual. Oh. And this goes back to when we were talking about um, Elizabeth. Barothy? A Bathory. Bathory. Mm. Um, consent is the basis of any BDSM relationship, brackets, real ones anyway. Things slash acts have to be negotiated and agreed upon before anything physical commences. As for craziness, well, some of us are just wired differently. Um, and they just, I just think it's important because that episode was quite... I hope I didn't sound judgy. Well, I might have been. No, I, well, they I go on to say, to um, you know... I'm kind of like... To each his own. I don't honestly care what oh, anyone neither. does in their boudoir. And they just go on to say that, you know, the thing about Elizabeth was that there are a lot of different versions oh, of how that no, all Oh, no, no, no. I know what it was and I probably did sound judgy. So I talked about a friend who used to go to a, like a, a dungeon-y kind of where people right. who are into that sort of thing. Not for me. And I think I've said that, but I'm certainly don't think anything less of people yeah. who do that. I was just yeah. like, well, that's not for me. It is not no. for me Well, at they all. sign off. Anonymous signs off with love your work in brackets. I really do. Yeah. I just Ta- think, you know, Again, I'm going to take the criticism, so Absolutely. let's clear it up. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, I have a criticism too oh. of the apology line. Have you been listening Ooh. to that podcast? No. I Don't have. Bother. I, yeah, I know. What did I you thought, think, Kirst? Well, I thought it was going to be awesome because I sort of listened to the trailer, that two-minute clip, and it's basically like, what, for people that don't know? Yes, um, I know what you're talking yeah, about now. Sorry, it's clicked in my head. It was like a, what, like a phone box, so there were like numbers or flyers planted everywhere being like, yes. you know, call up and say sorry or, you know, get something off your yes. chest, blah, blah, blah. And then people call this anonymous number and sort of confess their sins and feel better about themselves. So I was like, oh, this is going to be great. And there's yeah. like a potential for a, a you know a murder or someone that calls up and yeah. says they've killed people. And yeah, I was I was hooked. And then I sort of got halfway through the second episode and stopped because it just kind of I don't know, I just didn't didn't get there. Yep. Well, can I tell you? Because I listened to I think I'm about eight episodes of no, I'm not even going to bother opening it and checking it. Um, it's uh, it's such a fizzer because there is a guy who rings and says he's being a serial murderer. Mm-hmm. And um, spoiler, spoiler alert, if you're listening to the apology line, uh, it's all a fake anyway. So it, I'm annoyed. I'm happy okay. to say good things are happening, but that's a bad one. Yeah. <laughs> Didn't, I was I was cross. I was just cross because I was thinking oh, it's gonna. There'll be some fantastic end to this story, and, and there, there wasn't, wasn't at all. No. Okay. No. Uh, is that is that a, an episode? Yes, it, might it be. is. Okay. All right. If you've seen a dead body, yeah, send it through to us. Here's all the details. Dead Bodies is created by D.D. Dunleavy and Chanel Vella and produced by Kirsten Lim Howe. Contact us at deadbodiespodcast at gmail.com.